Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Wardell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? College football. Back. Not great college, college football. Not great college football, but college football was back nonetheless. And that's, that, I mean, how can you not be happy about that? Yeah, well, and college football was back and now is back. We actually have a couple of decent matchups this week. I've got BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. And a little bit later on in the show... We're going to take some time and uh, break down some of the top 25 matchups from this upcoming week's college football slate. But before we get to that, before we do any of uh, any of those fun things, let's talk about the news of the day, Gregory. The news of the day, Ben Simmons. Why do you have to do this to me? The young socialite, Mr. Crone, wants out of Philadelphia. How do you feel about it? I, I, at this point, I don't even care. He's just, yeah. he's just a baby. He is a baby. He is yet another superstar that we babied, and now things are turning. This is Carson Wentz. This is Markel Fultz. It's just another name to add to the list of crybaby guys who face adversity. And in Ben Simmons' case, it's actually the worst of the worst for, mm-hmm. from all of them. Like, Wentz, you can argue the Eagles never really gave him the weapons to do anything. Like he made he made you know garbage out of gold. The front office, yada yada yada, mm-hmm. and not to steal a, a zoom off thing, but garbage out of gold. Hey man, um, somebody's got to gold out of garbage. I don't know. Well, garbage no, it's definitely gold, the yeah. It doesn't matter. I it's, can't garbage out of gold can't be right, but I see what you're saying. Garbage into gold is what I mean. That is a, um, that is a, a better way to put it. But it's. It's quite frankly just it's the least surprising move, and it's also yeah. one of these situations where like, buddy, we're trading you. Yeah, yeah. this like you, you, you being like, I want out now. It's like, buddy, you're gone regardless. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, th- this does come on the heels of uh, I don't know, was it Woj yesterday said that Philadelphia was gearing up to have Simmons with them to start the season. Although Shams immediately said basically the complete opposite. Listen, dude, I I don't, there is zero chance this dude could enter that court now. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I could understand after, like, the, the, after the end of the series immediacy of this, like, everybody was extremely mad. But Mm -hmm. people have only progressively gotten madder at how this entire offseason has gone. Like, it, it goes from... You know, you kind of just disappear to then there's like, you know, weird rumblings of you don't want to be on it uh, or that there's that the you're not talking to the Sixers. There's this, mm-hmm. there's that, there's trade rumors. And then it's like, then everything just keeps bubbling. And now it's to this point where like, all right, now you're demanding to be on. Now, now, dude, it'd be like, it, Bovada would have it at like minus 5,000 mm-hmm. for would Ben Simmons get booed? I don't even think minus 5,000 would be high enough. No way. This dude will get booed out of the building the first time he comes back. But this is the new NBA. It's not just a Ben Simmons issue. This is the new NBA where guys get frustrated. 
they decide that they want to leave a situation when they are four years left on a contract. Right. And they get their way, and then they get to leave, and then they'll do the thing where they don't, when their team comes back to play in the regular season, they'll mysteriously be injured. They'll mysteriously not be available for that. Um, and if he goes to the Western Conference, you may never see Ben Simmons play another <laughs> basketball game in the Wells Fargo Center. So I'm not... I, uh... I'm not kidding think, either. Yeah, I think that maybe is going a little overboard, but you're not wrong. And uh, I did. I looked on Bavada earlier to see if they had odds for where Ben would end up, but uh, they are not up yet. So I, as of the time of this recording, so the, I was looking forward to that. I, you know, you have to think like like Minnesota, uh, Toronto. Well, Chris, um, come on. He only wants to go to a California team. Oh, that's but that's not true. And this this speaks to this report that came out today from uh, from Jason Dumas, um, who, by the way, last year reported that Ky- Kyrie Irving was set to retire at midseason because of how unhappy he was. It's always that, Dumas with the goddamn bad information. It's yeah, ridiculous. and you know, I think it's it's an educated leap that because Rich Paul also represents Tyrese Maxey, he wants Maxey out of Philadelphia. Here's the thing. There's no incentive to do that. None. If if you're trading Maxey, you have to be getting Lillard, and you're not getting Lillard. You have to be getting Beal, and you're not getting Beal. So there's there's no trade that makes sense to deal both of them together at this point. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up, but yeah, I, I don't I don't believe all of the, the Maxey stuff necessarily. I think... I think and I know this is going to be shocking. Sometimes people say things on Twitter to get attention. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, it's it's like the most annoying part about all of this is the fact that everything just floats around on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just constant like made up BS speculation, and then you I mean everybody immediately buys into it. I mean I know I do it, you do it, we all do it, mm-hmm. but those are the kind of things that you see, and you're just like. Is Rich Paul really this petty? I mean, obviously. Oh, I mean, clearly. Look I, at the Nerlens Noel lawsuit. Yeah, the Noel situation. It shows, and there maybe then, maybe that there's a reason. There's a reason why like people don't want to deal with you or aren't going to want to deal with you after these types of things, or you have to get sued. Like this is not. You work for the players, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Well, he works for his superstars. Is is what we know about Rich Paul. Well, he, he works, works for, for LeBron. His, well, yeah, he, yes, that that's a hundred percent true as well. But he he works for the superstars, and the lesser guys that sign with him are sort of pushed to the wayside. I mean, the Noel story is crazy. I initially, and I'll admit that I was a hundred percent wrong on this, just because I don't happen to have the highest opinion in Nerlens Noel. I thought that this was the thing where you know he was basically suing him because he advised him to turn down that deal with the Mavericks and blah blah blah. That's not the case. This story, it, it, this is crazy, absolutely crazy that Rich Paul was not even telling his clients about teams making offers. Your guy's agent. That's literally your right. job. Yeah, no, one hundred percent right. You, God, it's it's so it's so annoying and frustrating. It stinks. It's going to be so much fun watching a sixth place Sixers team next year get bounced in the first round. Uh, wasting yet another year of Embiid. It's it's so much fun. And I know I, I get on Embiid for a lot of different things, but it's the organization as a whole that's a failure. What should have happened from day one when we started to see the shooting hesitancy is there had to be conversations, real conversations, not babying conversations, 
Not yeah. patty cake, Doc Rivers, Brett Brown conversations. Real conversations about getting better and what you need to do as a player or else there's ramifications. And I know it's hard in the NBA to do that. I get mm-hmm. it because of money, because of contracts, because of everything all rolled into one. I get that. But at a certain point, where does it stop? Where does this carousel stop when it comes to the NBA? Because this isn't just a Ben Simmons thing. This is an every player and every superstar that gets disgruntled thing. And you laugh. You laugh that I said we may never see him play another game in the Wells Fargo Center. The only reason Kyrie Irving ever played a game again in the TD Garden is because he had to because it was the playoffs. And outside of that, I don't think Kyrie played a game there. Maybe one before that. Like, maybe one. I'm willing to put a decent amount of money on the fact that we're going to see Ben Simmons play in the Wells Fargo Center again. Listen, I'm telling you, dude, he is that he is that soft and sort of and just a fragile superstar. Oh, for sure. Fragile is, is 100% sure. It is insane, dude. Well, it is insane. you know, my my theory on all of the shooting since the very beginning was that he doesn't want to look bad. He's he's that self-aware and that self-conscious that he doesn't want to look bad. He doesn't want to be made fun of by the other people on Twitter. That stuff gets to him. And that kind of mentality, I mean, that, that's the reason he's not LeBron James right now. And Because he could be. He had every bit as physically talented as LeBron James is. He's taller than LeBron. And it's just a matter of LeBron's fearless. I'm not the world's biggest LeBron fan, but the guy's fearless. He doesn't back down. He wants the ball in the big situation. Ben wants to pass the ball to Matisse Thibel. LeBron takes the most amount of hate on social media almost daily from a sports perspective. Oh, he didn't give a shit. And he just ignores it, goes along his day, collects his paychecks, collects his championships. And that's something that Ben clearly couldn't do. He just can't. He doesn't have that ability. What's funny is, and I know we talked about it, especially right around when the the, the the season ended was the fact that the fact that this guy you know the reason he didn't want to shoot like you said was because he didn't want to be the center of stage on Twitter getting clowned for twenty four to forty eight hours mm-hmm. his decisions not to shoot became the reason he was getting clowned that's oh, not for sure. gonna that's and not I think gonna, that was his worst nightmare yeah it absolutely had to have been that's what I don't think he realizes is that's not going to change because you leave Philadelphia that's permanent. No. That's no, and I think there's going to be more attention drawn to it now that he's on his second team because of this. Yeah, exactly. That, that With is- that said, if he, you know, you said he, you the, you referenced the previous comment where there were, there were reports he wanted to play for the California teams. It's come out over the last, I don't know, five hours, six hours, that, hey, he wouldn't mind playing in Minnesota. Hey, he'd be okay playing for the Cavs. By the way, what a what a horrible choice that would be for him playing in the shadow of LeBron James for the rest of his well, the rest of the time he's in Cleveland and having those constant comparisons. But like, here's the problem. What do you get? What are you what are you getting from the Cavs? What's the trade? And because let me tell you, Darius Garland is a rich Paul guy. All I want is Colin Sexton. If you're going to give me anybody. Oh, man, I, I think that would be your attitude now and not. Five months from now. Probably, but that's who I would prefer. (laughs) Sexton is apparently, and you know, this is purely rumors and speculation, but there are a lot of reports out there that he's a hothead, not the best locker room guy. We have terrible locker room guys now, so who cares? 
Everybody. Nobody gets along, dude. I oh, I think I, you're crazy. I, I think no. this team got along decently well with the the notable exception of number 25. This isn't the Rocco, Dario, ben, uh, uh, Brett Brown gets to ring the bell after we win a playoff game scenario, Chris. This was a professional team that had attitudes, that has egos, that knows Ben doesn't care, that knows Doc favors Seth because he's his son-in-law. That's what this is. I mean, Seth was also the second best player in the playoffs. I'm not saying that he wasn't. That's not my point. My point is is that I don't think I think that there are relationships on these teams that, that are very segmented and I don't think this is as close of a team as you think. I, don't I just know. don't. I, I I didn't get the impression from I got the impression that these guys liked each other this year more so than the past couple of years for sure. You know, you have some some outstanding human beings on the team. I'm not you, saying that they're bad people. No, well, I mean and and an excellent locker room guys. You have you know, you the you have Toby and you have Joel and you have Matisse, uh, you have Maxi, you have all you know. Rajon Tucker was always may he uh, may he find luck with his next organization. Rajon Tucker was always one of the first guys off the bench. Dwight was constantly you know cheering for everybody when he wasn't in the game. May he not find success on his next team. I mean, Lakers are winning the title, dog. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and if I'll tell you what, if it was uh, if it was 2004, that roster would look really really good. It's really weird because Anthony Davis would be like seven years old. Yeah, but LeBron James and Dwight Howard wouldn't be, and and Rondo and the rest. Rondo was literally joking around that he was one of the young guys on this Lakers team. He might be. Let's be fair. It's not far from the truth. And and they have the Olympian JaVale McGee. All you got to do is win 16 games when it matters. That's it. That's all that team yeah. is built for. That That's true, but it's becoming increasingly more difficult for LeBron to make it through the season healthy. And if you don't have that guy, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do much in the playoffs. Oh, then don't play as hard in the regular season. We've watched he tried. Your... He's been trying that. Have you not been watching? Yeah, but now you have Russ. Let Russ do all the heavy no. lifting in the regular season. That's it. I, for... I did forget about Westbrook. Man, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm very excited. I'm going to be locked into every Lakers game that I have the ability to watch because it's going to be fantastic theater. Well, I'm. Uh, I, I, we'll talk off the air. I'm happy to give you access to, to <laughs> a, any Lakers game you would like. But well, uh, thank you. Um. Yeah. You know, it's it's been interesting. It, it is. I don't know. It is. It it's funny you mentioned going back and talking about accountability and not babying players and. Ironically, like that's what happened here. Doc gave an honest, if stupid, answer to a question immediately after being eliminated in the playoffs when he was asked, do you think Ben Simmons can be the point guard of a championship team? Doc says right now, I don't know. And allegedly, that's where this fracture came from. I I do think that it's going to come out over the next couple of months that any story that we heard about Joel and Ben be, being closer last year was complete BS because I mean, it's, it's difficult not to notice that on the day Ben Simmons requests a trade, Joel Embiid is posting stuff about trades in soccer. That doesn't feel like a coincidence. Uh, I don't think they really liked each other too much. I don't think Joel's going to be too upset to not have Ben on the team, which is which is interesting because the offense is going to be worse. Ben Simmons, for the lack of his offensive ability, the lack of the shooting punch, makes an offense better. 
you know, the guys shot something like 10% higher on threes coming off passes from Simmons. Simmons is an elite rebounder for the position. He's an elite passer, an elite defender. He just doesn't do much other than that offensively. It's it's a shame that it couldn't work. I, I wish there was a better solution to this, but I just, I hope it's not... I hope we get, you know, dimes on the dollar rather than pennies on the dollar for this. I mean, yeah, you have to get something that can help you contend now. It just does. It just depends on what that is. It's it's most certainly like it's not 17 first round picks and James right. Wiseman. So that, well, they don't even have those 17 first round picks anymore. Well, I, yeah, I, I know. But I did. But you know what I mean? Like, I that's I have nah. no. I have no interest in that type of trade. I need something of some sort of tangible. You're never going to get what you would really hope for out of this to begin with. And Okay, just- would you do this? Would you, and I love this just because I, I as from a petty perspective, I want to send him to the, the most middle of nowhere bad team as I can. Would you take Shea Gilch's Alexander for Ben Simmons? I mean, yes, 100%. Send me, send me Shea and like, of two firsts and I'm fine. I don't I, even need the two firsts. Just send me I don't me even Shea. know. Yeah, I don't even I'll know. Send if you, you, I'll send you my first and I'll take Shea Gilders Alexander over Ben Simmons. All day. Well, if, if you offer Sam Presti a first round pick, he's going to take it. Even better. Even better. Go, go, you go live in Oklahoma City with whatever they're still, you can, you can collect the extra cash they're still paying Al Horford, uh, even <laughs> though he plays elsewhere now. Like, just, I, w- I would do that in a heartbeat. A heartbeat. Yeah. Are are you in a position where you're now more amenable to a CJ McCollum? I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not thrilled by it, but he's at least another guy who's all star caliber. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's not. He's not an all star starter. He's potentially a reserve every year. He can score uh, relatively, like relatively well. Yeah, but no, he scores the basketball for yeah, sure. Yeah, like it's a sort of a coming home kind of thing too. Lehigh guy. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'd be. I guess at this point, at this point, because the relationship is just completely done, I want to be done talking about it. Yeah. So I'm ready for it to just happen, so I can then be mad about whatever the trade is immediately, and then when I go to watch a Sixers game not have every conversation be about why our point guard doesn't shoot. So <laughs> I'm very excited for that prospect of it. Let's see. I'm looking for uh, just, you know, randomly Bavada puts lines up super early for stuff. They've had the, the week one NFL games up for like two or three weeks now. And I'm looking to see if there are any Sixers games on uh, that they have up, but they do not, which is probably not. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Here you go. Opening night, October 20th, 2021, 8, 10 p.m. The Philadelphia 76ers head to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Zion Williamson. Trade him for and, Zion. Yeah, they would not do that. And those and those New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, let's see. I Now I lost it. Bavada has the 76ers... As one and a half point favorites. Where's your money going? And I'm, I, I ask, I ask gonna, this just jokingly, of course, because there's no way to know who's going to be on that roster. But 
Can, how about this? Uh, look, looking at New Orleans, are they a sneaky team? And could like could Brandon Ingram be a candidate for the in this conversation? I mean, I would love that. I would love if we could get Brandon Ingram versus Ben Simmons in this offense. It'd be amazing. It would change things for sure. Oh, you'd have a, a legitimate guy who can score. Another well, legitimate guy wing, who can yeah. score. Yeah. Like, you'd still have to figure out the point guard position, but if your starting five is Embiid, Tobias, uh, Brandon Ingram, Seth Curry, and then a fifth who's a point guard, I mean... Yeah, it probably can't be Maxi. No, it's got to be somebody who distributes more than he does. But, right. like, I mean, you're talking about a legitimate, a legitimate team again. You know, I'd be perfect. I'd be more than happy with that type of move, if I'm being perfectly honest. That and, might be uh, the best of the deals promising. available. And uh, Shea, minus Shea would and be very interesting over. to me. I would be Shea above Ingram. Yeah, well, I don't know if Shea's actually available. They just maxed mm. him. It's all. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fair. You would have to wait to to trade for him, unless unless the they haven't done the paperwork. I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. And and you're absolutely right that in any trade where you get rid of Simmons, you now create this giant hole where there's no distributor on the team, no natural distributor on the team. So that needs to be rectified as quickly as possible. I don't I don't know who's out there right now this late in free agency, but. Oh, it's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on. Would Steve Nash consider coming out of retirement? He, he, how about he can play for the Sixers and coach the Nets? Uh, listen, I'm fine. I mean, conflict of interest in those games, but... Yeah, sure, sure. Overall, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I uh, I mean, we can, we can tweet at Nash and see what he has to say. It's just such a depressing situation. Like, the whole thing is just... It's just a nightmare. It's mm-hmm. it's it's an absolute nightmare. We we the fact that we just continue like this continues to happen. Like you almost think like is it the fans? Is is it the city? And and then I think back. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not because maybe a little. No, absolutely not. Not okay. in Markel's case. Not in Ben's case. Dude, this is the fourth opportunity you had in the postseason to literally do anything. We defended you through the zero-point game, or the one-point game, whatever it was. We defended you through not shooting all of the times, all of the times you disappeared in the postseason. We defended you uh, all season when you were called out for not shooting. We we bought into your bullshit off-season videos. We did all of this. <laughs> and now you want to basically pretend like we're the reason that you have to leave this 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 thing after you've let us down time and time again. Dude, you're playing next to a guy that got MVP votes. Be better. Want yeah. to be better. You aren't the main focus of the team because you didn't want to be. Well, I don't Let's I don't yeah, fair. I don't think he wants to be now. I don't think he ever wanted to be. I no. don't think that's ever been his thing. And no, Ben Ben Simmons is a beta. He is not an alpha. But but you and you you talk about them being friends, dude. They were never friends. No. Ben could never handle the fact that Joel was the focus of this team. You know that's the case. You, I I don't know that that's true. Uh, I don't know that he cares so much about that because I don't think he wants that attention. I don't think he wants that pressure. I I don't know, man. Which is worse, honestly. Oh, well, man, you might be right, but it's to me, man. It's it's so evident, like. I just, 
I can't believe that now we're going to try to, like, people are going to try to act like this is the same as, as people. Like, I think, like, the fans are the ones trying to run Ben Simmons out because of what happened at the end of last season. And it's like, I mean, we put up with this shit for four, five years. Like, mm-hmm. multiple early playoff exits. Like, last year, okay, the bubble, he got hurt. It is what it is. Nothing you could do about that. But every other year you had an opportunity in the playoffs, you came up small. As small as could possibly be. You scored one point in a playoff game. Yeah. You have a max contract. You scored one point. You're an NBA all-star. You're an all-defensive guy. You got one point. You handle the ball in every single possession. You scored one point in an NBA playoff game. Fuck, right. get out of here. Get out of here. Well, just get, go play for they- literally anybody else. And he shot like what was it in the forties in the in the playoffs and from the line, that kind of stuff just not acceptable. But I don't know. There, there might be something to Philadelphia being the place to, to you know, to quote the great the great Batman films. Uh, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Dog, if these idiot Eagles fans, if I hear one chant for Gardner Minshew. Oh, I'm, you will. I'm throwing my television into the river. It's these people are the dumbest. I'm holding you to that. Maybe, maybe the town is. Maybe the town deserves the bad, the bad that they get. Because if that happens, actually, you know what? They definitely deserve it. <laughs> you know why? Reese Hoskins came off the DL. And listen, say what you will about Reese Hoskins. He's not the best fielder. The guy can kind of hit. He's one of the better power hitters on the goddamn Phillies. Yeah. And there are people chanting at a game. We want Brad when Reese Hoskins is Bamboo in first Brad, base. baby. Dude, get... Oh, I must said something. I didn't want to... Get out of here with this. You fans deserve everything bad. We deserve everything bad in the world to happen to our sports teams for the way that you idiots react. And you know what Reese Hoskins did? He did what you're supposed to do when people say dumb shit. He had a game-tying home run in this next at-bat. Because that's what a guy who actually cares and actually wants to be as good as he can be, those are the kind of situations that you thrive in. You thrive in people being dumb. It's people yelling overrated at Bryce Harper and him hitting a home run. That's what you do. That is how you react to the criticisms. You don't turtle up. You don't run away, take your ball, and go home and get put on the COVID list. Like, you don't do that. That's that's not what happens. You don't move to Indianapolis. You don't... Go to well, Orlando. I don't. He didn't, he didn't just move to Indianapolis. You know what I mean, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, is there a long history in Philadelphia sports of running superstars out of the city? Yes. Yeah, and that that's you know not great. Quite this frankly. ain't it though. This is not it. You well, can't I, tell I me agree the fans had this. anything to do with Markel Fultz. No, well, no, no. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the case. I think that just that was another relationship that was fundamentally broken, and that speaks to the organization more than anything else. But in the case of Markel Fultz, in the case of Ben Simmons, these guys were like they got the the biggest cheers and standing ovations for doing the most basic things that you ask of a basketball player, and somehow convinced themselves that they were treated unfairly. Dog, we threw a goddamn social media party when you hit up three. Against the Chinese team in a preseason game, <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, and Markel, that that triple double, like literally, the fans really anytime Markel Fultz came into a game, the fans were they retired his him. number. They put oh, it yeah, up next sure. to the Hinky Banner in in uh, Xfinity Live. 
Well, now, oh yeah. well, it, there is some troubling aspect of this that Philadelphia will have the number one overall pick in two of the last five drafts, and neither of those guys will be on the team next year. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Be better. Be better at playing basketball. Your job is to play basketball. You're afraid to shoot. I don't, I can't, I can't defend. I can't get mad at fans for being mad when you won't do, literally, that is one of the fundamental parts of the game. Yeah. That's Dr. Dr. James Naismith, when he came up with the game, putting the ball in the hoop was actually the goal. So I don't right. know what you want Not me to Not just do. making a sweet pass to a guy who's open? Listen, man, I could dribble between my legs, too. I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, it's nuts. It's nuts that the fans could get any sort of blame for this, as if, as if we didn't have to spend all of our days on Twitter standing the fact that you're a top five defender in the league. Mm. And, like, it's just, it's so stupid. It's such a stupid situation. Hey, guys, Chris here to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Liquid Death, or as I prefer to say, Liquid Death. A badass pronunciation for a badass company. So let me tell you, I was walking around my uh, local convenience store this past week and uh, walking past the drink section. Did a little double take because I had no idea why a tall boy of beer seemed to be mixed in with the water. As I looked a little bit closer to investigate, I learned that it was in fact liquid death. And I don't have to tell you that I bought a couple. Why is it called liquid death, you ask? That's a fair question. Quite simply, it will eviscerate your thirst. While also doing their part to save the environment, their recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles, and they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I think we all just kind of assume, oh, plastic bottles, you know, I can recycle this, it's good for the environment, but that's not necessarily the case. They can only be recycled to a certain point, whereas the aluminum in these liquid death cans is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for the recycling facilities. So if you're interested in joining us on this liquid death movement to end plastic pollution, you can head out to your local Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. They're available nationwide. Or head over to liquiddeath.com where you can use our promo code and here's why a-n-d-h-e-r-e-s-w-h-y and that's going to get you a free koozie two-pack with purchase of a case of water they also offer free shipping on all merch and when you order two or more cases of water once again that's and here's why at liquiddeath.com check it out today liquid death and now the Sixers are going to be terrible. We blew a chance at a title. They're not going to be terrible. They're going to be stupid. so bad, dude. Okay. What are you talking about? Okay, can we? You want to make a bet right now? Absolutely. All right. Um, over under. Well, okay. Give me. What's your over under next year for this terrible 76ers team? Be you know. I, I was trying They're to playing pull it all eighty two. Be be Bavada. Come up with what's the over under for the Sixers next year? They're playing all eighty two, right? Yeah, all eighty two, and the playing tournament. Playing tournament counts to the over under or it's no no I'm, I'm just saying it's it's games played. Regular season wins Philadelphia 76ers by Greg Crone. With no Ben Simmons, and depending mm-hmm. on who they get this now, if there is some sort Stop of hedging. Hold on. Stop hedging. No, because there's a magic. You, know, you, ju- you just told me that they were gonna be if, terrible. If ben you just Simmons, told me they were gonna ben be terrible. Simmons is traded for Damian Lillard, that is a caveat. It's not happening. But I'm not going to say, no, oh, I want them at 54 and a half wins, and you're going to tell me that 
that that Damian Lillard's in the team, it's a different story. That's an automatic Lillard, We both know Lillard's not getting traded right now. Listen, I hear you. My, my my I would say fifty four and a half. That's and 50, what I would put. fifty four and a half is a quote terrible team. In an Eastern Conference where you were the number one seed last year and you lost in the second round of the playoffs, it's a drastic step back. Absolutely. Fifty four and a half is a terrible team. Let's see. Uh fifty four and a half would have gotten you well, I mean, it's not fair. Well, Seventy let's, let's game look. season. Yeah, let's look back. Fifty four and a half is good for third place in the East last in the last time we played an eighty two game season. Yeah. Actually, basically any of the last years we Look played. At, yeah, but it, let's, it would let's, have won. Let's talk, it would have won the East. Let's in, talk about in the Eastern Conference in those years. Look at look at seed seven, eight, six. You're talking about five hundred teams in the Eastern Conference at that. Yeah, point, and you're looking at five hundred teams in the West too. It, the, I'm looking at this. The Blazers were five hundred in the West. The, but the conference has changed, Chris, over the course of three to four years. It is different now. Like I don't. I fifty four wins is not going to get you. It's not going to get you into. It. If you have a different number, throw it out there. I'm willing to take a lot. Fifty four and a half gets you home. There's no scenario where hitting fifty four doesn't get you home seed in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not worried about home seed in the first round of the playoffs. Court, I wanted home. I wanted home. I, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. I knew what you meant. Jeez, uh, backwards. Garbage. Yeah, Gold. All good. that. Um. Home court advantage in the playoffs is, or in the first round is fine. Home court advantage further on is what really matters. And good teams win series. Good teams win multiple series, so that really does matter as you go. Being the third seed and having to face the number one seed in their home court on in game seven. Well, maybe we'd be better. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. we lose home game sevens for some reason. Uh, it, it, it makes a difference. It just mm-hmm. does. Now with full fan attendance, boo, buddy. Well, <laughs> listen, yes. this is a year from now. If we don't have full fan attendance a year from now in the NBA, I'm done. I'm done with it. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk about that. No, so. God, no. We will <laughs> not. Uh, what's your prediction right now? Where's Ben Simmons playing basketball in 2021? Probably Minnesota. There's just too much smoke uh, that keeps surrounding that. Like that's one of those teams that just keeps coming up. Like, and I don't think, I don't think there's any repairable option here. One, because I think Rich Paul is pretty much an asshole, and then um, <laughs> safe bet. Yeah, and then like Ben just has a giant ego. He's a giant mm-hmm. ego, and he feels slighted by the fact that Joel threw him under the bus, which, which rightfully so. I mean, did, yeah. the, the, it was it was like a, it was like an elevated bus. You could have walked underneath of it. Yeah, no, for sure. It. it was an L train. Yeah, like uh, it's so. But I I just don't think that he has the ability or the the fortitude to come back and play here, and and I don't think the fans are are you know willing to deal with it either. Like I think oh, no. that that I think that that would be such a weird contentious thing. He's a guy that I'll, that complained about booing in the past, like. We're done, man. Have a good one. Like, well, Minnesota says they want to pair Simmons with MB with a uh, with Towns, Russell, and Anthony Edwards. Well, so, that's not, I mean, yeah, I don't know how that works, and I, I don't also don't know how I would feel about D'Angelo Russell finally winding up in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm good on that. Uh, I mean, I I would take a flyer on Anthony Edwards. He wasn't that. Bad I don't. Last I don't year. think you can get Anthony Edwards for Ben Simmons. Well. Then Minnesota's not getting Ben Simmons, 
Sorry. <laughs> I, don't know I, think D, I think D-Lo is going to be the offer. And, you know, he's just, I mean, he. It, I guess it's worth pointing out he's only 25 years old. It feels like he's been in the, the NBA forever. But, and he's, he averages 18 a game. And that those are really dragged down from those couple, first couple of years in L.A. He can score the ball. He's just not a winning basketball player. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not great. It's definitely not great. He's a guy I definitely wanted out of college. Oh, desperately. Sure. I was furious when the when uh, the Lakers did not take Jalil Okafor number two. Yeah, it was a real it was a real bummer. Like, but at a certain point, like I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about it because, like, if you can get anybody who's had at least one All Star game appearance, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's what you're gonna have to just live with. Well, I would like, take I would take Shea, and he hasn't. So, well, you know what I mean. Shea, Shea is the one of those on the cusp guys. He just plays for a bad team. Yeah, it's like how Booker always used to get snubbed for the the All Star game because he was the best player on a team that won like fourteen games a year, despite being one of the most talented guys in the NBA. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. I I'm a hundred percent with you. Hundred percent with you. Uh, twenty three point seven points. 4.7 rebounds, 5.9 assists, shot four, eight, uh, 41% from three, nearly 42% from three on five attempts last year, did uh, did Gilgis Alexander. I yeah, make you that work. Have, no, you don't have to convince me about Shea. I'm, I'm all in on Shea. I'm perfectly fine with that. And it also continues a tradition of Philadelphia going after international players. Great. It's worked out so well for us lately. Well, that uh, the cam the 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 big fellow worked out pretty well. Yeah, every Australian hasn't. Um, hey, shots fired at Mark Bradsky. I was shooting a lot more uh, at Jonah. I can't even remember Jonah his Bolden. Name. Yeah, Jonah Bolden. Oh, Jonah Bolden was a late first round. Ah, he might have on, even Chris been an early second over. round pick. He was coming over. Everybody's coming over. Everybody. He did come over. Yeah, it did. How'd that work out? I mean, he was a mediocre. He was a mediocre basketball player because he was so, you know, he was not a high draft pick. He played more for the Delaware Eighty Seveners than he did for uh, for the Sixers. Well, I mean, Thibel's Australian. It's true. All right. Well, what do you want me to say? Listen, uh, that, that you're wrong. One out of one out of five. Every uh, blind squirrel finds a nut. I was I was so excited. Uh, I was very very young. When the 76ers signed this Australian big man, Mark Bradsky. <laughs> Mark Bradkey, apparently. Sorry, I apologize. It's not uh, Nah, from Redcliffe, Australia. Oh, um, Mark now 52 Australia. years old. 36 games in, uh, in 1997. 1.6 points, 1. 1.9 rebounds. Yeah, it's not what you're looking for. Not going to lie. Need a little you more want- production, Mark. You want more than that, but uh, that was a decent team. They had a, a gentleman by the name of Iverson, uh, a, a young fellow by the name of Stackhouse. I believe they it's had... pronounced Iverson. Iverson. I, I, I've never actually heard it said out loud. He's not <laughs> very popular. Uh, followed by Derek Coleman and Clarence Weatherspoon. Oof. I, I forget the DC and Weatherspoon ever played together. Dog, Derek Coleman. Uh, one time I went to a Sixers game. And we did the thing where we waited outside the players' parking lot just yeah. to see, you know, uh, the players come out after the game. DC just came strolling out, mm-hmm. just hopped right in the car, didn't even give the wave, just drove off in whatever SUV he was driving. So goddamn funny. Uh, Derek Coleman. Isn't he like a coach now? Probably. 
You know Speedy Claxton's the head coach at Hofstra? Yeah. Did you, you, yeah. you just did you find that out? Well, he just became the head coach. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, uh, let yesterday there was a website you can do like trivia and stuff. And it was last night it was before I went to bed. I, uh, I did like the Phillies opening day rosters from like 1990, 1990 to present day. Then yeah. I just then I went to do the Sixers ones and some of the names that pop up and you're just like wow what are we what are we doing there are Ooh. some crazy names but uh, there's a moving on to the the next thing I wanted to hit though there's there's going to be uh, some crazy names with the New England Patriots this year yeah. Greg Crone the Patriots today make a giant move probably the it's definitely the biggest cut of NFL cut down day announcing that they have released starting quarterback Cam Newton and will be handing the reins over to rookie Mac Jones, uh, going up against, coincidentally, Tua vailoa game one this uh, in a couple of weeks. How do you feel about this? I'm very interested. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's, it's one of those situations... Like... It's clear that Cam Newton's arm cannot throw the way he used to. Yeah, for sure. He is not the same quarterback that he was when he won the NFL MVP, when he won the national championship at Auburn. Mm-hmm. But we switched to Mac Jones immediately as opposed to giving any sort of chance at backing him up. The Patriots aren't winning anything this year, and I think the issue becomes is that Bill and Tom separated... Well, Tom won a Super Bowl, and Bill went came in like fourth in the AFC East. Yeah. Now, to be fair, the Patriots had a lot of opt-out guys on defense especially, and that, that's going to be a different-looking team going into this year, at least from a defensive standpoint. And now, obviously, from an offensive standpoint with Mac Jones, you know, at the helm. But I just, I just wonder if it's too soon, right? Probably too soon, but was that... <sighs> Is so you have to look at these two things in a, in a vacuum, right? One, is it too soon to go to Mac Jones for his, you know, for the, his development? Maybe is Mac Jones the better option at quarterback right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna, if you're Belichick and you're getting older, absolutely. Yeah, Newton just wasn't very good last year. You know, the team went seven and eight, like you said, lots of opt outs in in, uh, in Newton's start, seven and eight, fifteen games. Through for 2,600 yards, more interceptions than touchdowns, 10 to 8, and really was a, just a, more of a threat on the ground than he was in the air. Had more rushing touchdowns. Oh, no, just under. He had uh, eight passing touchdowns to seven rushing touchdowns, I believe. Eh, well, That's not what uh, you want from your starting quarterback. <laughs> not even a uh, tiny bit. Uh, no, I apologize. I was right originally. 12 rushing touchdowns to eight passing touchdowns last year. Uh, yeah. He's not good. He's not good anymore. I don't know what no. to tell you. No, he's very not good anymore. I'll tell you what. I, I was looking, and I, I'm not sure if we talked about this or if I did it on the NFL show with Mario, but I, I was looking at those Bavada Offensive Rookie of the Year odds last week, and I was like, man, Mac Jones is having a really, really good preseason. Mac Jones is a really, really interesting option when I think he was sitting at like, I don't know, plus 750, plus 800, something like that. It, it seems like they they have pulled the Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, futures right now but because you know, everything's crossed off. But Mac Jones is up to plus 450 behind only Trevor Lawrence at plus 350. Oh, he plays the premier position. 
right? He plays he plays the position that. But what about Justin wins. Fields? He's going to be the next superstar. The issue there is is they're going to let Andy Dalton play for at least a yeah, week or sure. two, like uh, and maybe even longer. But I don't know because it's weird because Nagy's got to be coaching like like for his life. Yeah, exactly. Like this is the end if if we don't do anything. Which yeah. is crazy considering like four years ago he was taking them to the postseason in his first year and double doinked his way out. Um Cody Party. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's I yeah, I, I mean, if you can find it, Mac Jones might be the play there. What's going to be fascinating uh, in watching this over the long term, because there was a lot of talk. The rumors were that San Francisco traded up to three to go get Mac Jones. And at, when those rumors came out, and, and, and Anshu and I talked about this to plug all of my shows. You also, you do a show called Better Still Late. I Let's do, just plug absolutely. everything on the network. Uh, Anshu and I talked about this on Underdog last week. Once, once those rumors started coming out, it, it really made you go back and take a second look at Mac Jones and... And there was a lot to like, you know, he, he does not play the game like a rookie. He understands the game. He goes through his progressions. He's accurate. He's calm. There are all, all the things that drew the comparisons to guys like Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins are, are, are obvious. He does not play the game like a rookie. And it's going to be interesting to see how Jones fares versus Lance, because I think those two guys are going to be tied together. Well, my biggest issue, though, is it's so hard to evaluate because Mac Jones is playing with the best college football team in the country. And right? Trey Lance was playing with the most dominant college football team in the country. Eh, again, though, North Dakota State. You know what I mean? Yeah, but who cares? How is it any different? It's very different. He's playing against D1 AA guys. It's, yeah. there's a, there, is a, there is a difference in competition. There just is. No, of course there's a difference in competition, but you were saying playing with the best guys. Trey Lance was playing with the, the best team in, in D1, whatever in they're the, calling in it, the, F- in, FCS. In the tier below where Mac Jones was. The bigger, I mean, honestly, Trey Lance is probably easier to evaluate than Mac Jones, only because you're talking about, like, Mac Jones' wide receiver core is all guys drafted in the first round. His yeah. running backs are mostly guys that are either first or second round draft picks. Like like his offensive linemen, his injured offensive linemen are guys mm-hmm. getting drafted in the second round because of future potential. Like it's that's where it's really it's easy to stay calm when you know you have the best skill positions around you. So like you're going to New England whose offensive line is mm, their skill positions are mm, like the preseason's one thing the game's a little bit different when the regular season starts. Of course it is. Of, I think it sure. can be good. I certainly think it can be good. But I, I'm not going to jump to conclusions just yet. That's the only purpose of the show. <laughs> Listen, I'm also not going to jump to conclusions on Trey Lance, because I have no idea. I, I, By the I, way, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, he's already hurt. Yeah. What, what's this issue with North Dakota State guys and getting hurt? Yeah, the finger... Uh, by the way, I love that Bavada has odds on Sam Ellinger, well, she had, and Ian Book for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, Sam Ellinger probably has a better chance of actually having to play than Ian Book uh, does. I'm pretty sure he just got hurt I think he did. Badly. I think he did, too, but regardless. I think he's out for the season. Wait, really? I'm no. looking it up right now. Sam. Uh, 
he made the fifth. He made the fifty-three. Uh, minor. Uh, okay, he's out six weeks, so oh, not okay. out for the season. I said Wentz was going to be out six, five to seven weeks, or six to twelve weeks, and then. Yeah. Did know. anybody really believe that though? I did. I'm yeah, terrified. I know because you overreact to things. Wow, how dare you? I would never. <laughs> I would never. I do think you're right that the that Wentz probably would have missed more time if Quentin Nelson would have hadn't suffered the exact same injury, and he was basically like, "Look, I'm playing week one." Yeah. There's no way you get me off the field. That guy stinks. He just stinks. Quentin Nelson. Yeah. No. Quentin Nelson's awesome. <laughs> Hall of Fame offensive guard. Wentz stinks. I just can't take the guy. He doesn't stink. That's not fair, but... No, as a personality, that guy yeah, stinks. That's... I'm fine. I think he's a very talented quarterback, which is why I'm annoyed that he doesn't play for the Eagles anymore and that our franchise screwed it up in a way that was irreparable. It's, you know... I don't know. What, what, I don't know. Did they... Is a third-round pick and a for, potential first-round pick this year screwing it up? I don't, I don't know that that's not true. Not the trade. I'm talking about the situation prior to having to be forced How did to trade they screw it up? They oh. stuck... That team s- stuck with Carson Wentz so much longer than they should have. So much what longer. Are you ta- Dude, it is a short-sighted decision to bench the guy you just invested in. I am so sick of yeah, having it- to listen to people be like, they had to bench him. He was the worst quarterback in the league. What? What world do we live in? They were a 4-12 and team, and it wasn't just because of him. So it's BS that they had to bench him. They didn't have to do anything. He's your starter. Ride with him for 16 games. Don't draft a guy in the, th- in the second round who's at most a third-round quarterback. That, now, that, I agree, was obviously was a foolhardy at the time, though it, at this point, may, you know, who knows if that was the right move or well, not. It very well could be, and I love Jalen Hurts, but still, I do too. Jalen Hurts is impossible not to love and impossible not to root for. But I mean, so so your position here is that the te- the Eagles should have stayed with Carson Wentz last year because they invested money in him. This sunk cost fallacy. You, he was horrible. But you already stink. It doesn't matter. Why are yes, you? Let's so find out what the the rest of this team is. Let's find out what we have if we already stink. And take it like a fucking man. Don't go mope on the sidelines. They don't love me anymore. I I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. The reaction to it is just as bad as all of it. But the fact of the matter is this, like, you don't bench franchise quarterbacks. But your franchise quarterback also doesn't complete 57% of his passes and have 15 interceptions in 12 games. Sure. Sure he doesn't. But sometimes guys have bad years. Things happen. You have an offensive line that is Swiss cheese. That's you have, true. You have a high school level skill positions. Your best wide receiver, that guy played quarterback in college. Yeah, and, we and, well, actually, about? their best wide receiver got cut today. Well, that's a good point. True. But it's it's like like I, I the narrative the narrative that this is this is somehow all Carson Wentz's fault. Because he cried and he did this. While, yes, there is certainly a part of it. The he cried thing is a very big piece of it. But let's not like act like the franchise did him any favors. And, and, and benching somebody, I think that's predicated on the fact that they were a, what, what, 4-6-1 or 4-8-1 team. A 4-8-1 team. But because their division was so bad, they were one game out of the playoffs. If they that had, division Carson was a, won three games last year. If that was a real division, 
If that was a real division and they were out of it by week 10, are we calling for him being benched? If they were that but who cares? Bad. That's not the reality we lived in. They, uh, they saw an opportunity where they could potentially sneak into the playoffs as a poor team, and they took it. Good. Don't accept mediocrity. Don't accept do, a guy who is— do what? I, don't I'm the ex- biggest fan in the world. Now, now with this being said, uh, they did end up playing uh, Nate Sudfeld in yeah. that last yeah. game. Yeah. Don't accept mediocrity. Nate Sudfeld played the second half of the game. Yeah. But you and, want to find out. He is not mediocre. He's terrible. You yeah, want to find, find out? out you want to find Jalen out what Hurts. you have in this guy who you've had on the roster for three years? <laughs> exactly. You've seen Nate Sudfeld play. You know what this is. But we wanted to know. Oh God, that game still annoys me. And I love that how angry the Giants were about it. They're like, still mad. Win seven games <laughs> yeah. and then complain. Like honestly, you. I'm sorry that you didn't get to make the playoffs as a six-win team. Win seven games and it wouldn't have been a problem. Honestly, let's just blame the NFC East for the yeah. Carson Wentz situation. Uh, I think I think good old CJ Wentz eleven uh, takes some of the uh, takes some of the blame there. I think Howie and Doug take some of the blame too. Oh, for sure. Howie. I mean, Howie was on that list of the least trustworthy executives with uh, with Belichick and Dee Podesta. It's not great. I mean, you know, you could do worse than being on the, the list with the Hall of Fame coach and uh, and Moneyball. It's true. 11 and 6 this year, Chris. All my faith in Jalen Hurts. 17 and 0, Gregory. Fairly 17 and 0. <laughs> you jump on that plus 3,300 at Bavada for Nick Sirianni, coach of the year. I mean, listen, I'm fine with it. I'm fine I, with you it. You shouldn't be. Well, I mean, listen, they, they, I don't think they played him enough in the preseason. It's, it's a whole thing, but yeah. we'll see what happens in about a week and a half. And I couldn't be but, more excited for it. But then, you know, it, there's also no, no, uh, no way not to see the, the correlation in the fact that this team is the healthiest they've been going into the regular season since I can remember being an Eagles fan. And yeah, it's because they didn't play anybody, so maybe that's the right decision. I, well, probably. I mean, we You think the Ravens wish they hadn't played J.K. Dobbins? Well, I was just that's exactly what I was going to say. We complained and complained and complained for the entire week leading up to it. Should they play him? Should they not? And then the next night, J.K. Dobbins is lost for the season. You're like, that's all right. We'll figure it out week one. Well, and I was shocked because I was watching that. I was watching that Browns game uh, against the Falcons, and you know they trotted out Baker in the first string offensive line for a couple of series. I I would have thought that Dobbins thing would have scared a little uh, scared a little sense into them, though. Though Baker made just an utterly spectacular throw for a touchdown to Kaderil Hodge, who got cut today. Did they show it on Red Zone? If they didn't show it on Red Zone, I didn't see it. (sighs) It was on national television, Greg. Red Zone, dude. Imagine, you know how great Red Zone is. It's coming back. It's the best six. It's the best. And now we have 17 weeks of Red Zone. It's the best 17 weeks of the gosh dang year, Chris. Those days, those days of just watching Red Zone and and seeing everything all at once. It's it, Red Zone in on one TV, the game on the other. Nothing better than it, Chris. I'll be able to see all the Baker Mayfield great throws. Hey, it's uh, there's, there. There are going to be a few this season. All right, Greg, we're, we're going to go uh, lightning round here. Top twenty-five picks for this week. Uh, first top twenty-five team with a, a top twenty-five team playing. Oh, well, excellently said. Thank God it's the fifty-three minute mark. <laughs> uh, the first instance of a top twenty-five team playing is Ohio State. They play at Minnesota. 
and Bavada has Ohio State minus 14. Ohio State's going to crush them. Minnesota, this is not the Minnesota of two years ago. This is this is a much, much as, as good as Minnesota has become uh, under P.J. Fleck. I just don't think this is the same team. I think Ohio State's loaded. Honestly, uh, if you listen to Better's Light last week, they were my pick. Uh, future for the national title at plus six. It was plus 600. I don't know where it is. Uh, if it, that's moved at all, but uh, I think they're going to absolutely slaughter Minnesota. Minnesota has an offensive tackle that fascinates me, Daniel Falele. Uh, big kid, 6'8", 400 pounds, foreign kid. Uh, mm. It's worth, worth watching. So keep an eye out. Next matchup, North Carolina, another team that is not the, the, North, the team of old, has Virginia Tech to take on the Hokies. And Bavada has North Carolina minus five and five and a half. I like North Carolina in this game. Sam Howe, Mac Brown. I mean, Virginia Tech stinks. They haven't been good since uh, uh, Marcus Vick. Well, sure, but they haven't good, been good since Al Grow retired. It's it's out. The number nineteen Penn Wait, State. Hold on, did I say the wrong guy? Yeah, but I let it go. Wasn't it Beamer? That's Frank Beamer. Frank Beamer. Al Grow coached Virginia. I was close. Hmm. He sure did. Look, just, you know, we're, it's late in the show. I'm not worried about all that. <laughs> the number 19 rated Penn State Nittany oh, Lions. <laughs> you over it already. Head to Wisconsin to take on the number 12 Wisconsin Badgers. Bavada has the Badgers minus five and a half. Here's the issue that I, there's the thing that I did to myself earlier today. I forgot about all of last year for Penn State football and probably okay. for a good reason. But today I had I had this thing on my time hop. It was like uh, there's there's a, a very a very hilarious person on Twitter. And, Me? Uh, no, no. And I was I, he's damn. You just rolled that out quick. <laughs> my apologies. I didn't mean you're not hilarious. <laughs> but there's a tweet, um, and I it's I, of course it's escaping me who it is. Sure. I will I will tweet it out or shout it out tomorrow on Better's Delight uh, if, when I remember it. But it's uh. It's about it's about being a sports fan is just dumb as hell. It's like the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And I, I was like, man, why did I tweet that like this time a couple of years ago? And then I was like, was it about Penn State's football season last year? And I was like, nah, it, the timing doesn't match up. But then I looked and I was like, oh, the first the first week of the season just ruined my entire day because we lost to Indiana. And yeah. it's like, let's start with with, with Wisconsin. I think it's in, is it in Wisconsin or is it at mm-hmm. Happy Valley? Oh, God. Uh, man, I'll take the, I'll take the points with Penn State, but it's not going to be a fun game to watch. I am very excited, though, to have a full slate of college football. After the, the preview that we got in, in week zero, I'm ready mm-hmm. for a full Saturday of college football. All right, Tulane heads to Oklahoma to take on the number two ranked Sooners. Bavada has Oklahoma. Oh, this is going to be a tight one. Minus 31. I think Tulane's better than than people think, but I also think Oklahoma's just that good. And they in these types of games, Oklahoma's a routing team. They go style points, Big 12 style. Here's a fun one. September 4th, 3.30 in the afternoon, number one Alabama travels to Miami to take on the number 14 rated Hurricanes. Bavada has Alabama minus 19 points. Dude, if Miami can play to their talent 
And De'Ara King is the guy that was so highly praised at Houston. And he's fully back from the ACL. I love Miami in this game. I love Miami in this season. I don't think Miami can beat Alabama. Don't get me wrong. But 19 Mm -hmm. is a lot of points. Maybe I'm just a sucker for the orange and the green color scheme. But I, I think that Miami has a chance to be very good this year. And, and if they play well enough in this game and they're a one-loss team through the ACC, win the ACC championship, we could see Miami in the college football playoff. Oh, wow. Another top 25 matchup here is number 17, Indiana, heads to play number 18, Iowa. In Iowa, Bavada has the, uh, the Iowa team. Why can't I think what Iowa's name is? The Hawkeyes. Thank you. The Iowa Hawkeyes. Bavada has the Hawkeyes minus three and a half. Is, do we know if uh, Michael Penix is back for Indiana? I, I couldn't remember what the Hawkeyes' name was. That's all right. It's a good point. Now, now I'm throwing out if... if, uh, if no, if Michael Indiana... Penix is a heck of a football player. I'm, yeah, I'm but looking is it he up back? right now. I know he was hurt. I'm looking it up. I, my, I, <laughs> that's not how you spell Penix. Uh, Michael Penix... says on track to start On track to start, yeah. Yeah. I like Indiana. If he's on track to start, he's again, quarterback play is so important in college football. Like if you watched if especially in the Big 10, if you compared the two quarterbacks in the mat, well I guess it was three quarterbacks in the the uh Nebraska Illinois game, the game that kicked off college football. Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez looked terrible for Nebraska mm-hmm. where um uh, Peters, who started for uh, Illinois and got hurt, unfortunately, in the first uh, in the first quarter. But Satarski, the kid from Rutgers, who now is the backup and now, the, I guess, Illinois starter until that other guy gets back. Like, that dude was poised. He was making throws. He was handing the ball off well. Like, he... he handing controlled the ball the, off well. He controlled the game and was able to play with the momentum of the game. And, and that... Like, that mattered in that game because Nebraska made simple, dumb mistakes. They gave up a defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, that, but that quarterback play solidified it. So I think that if Indiana can get that play that we saw last year before Penix got hurt, I think, they're, I think this is an easy game for them to compete in. All right. Miami, Ohio heads to Cincinnati to take on the number nine ranked Bearcats. Number eight ranked Bearcats. Bavada has Cincinnati minus 23 at home. C-I-N. C-I-N-N-A-T-I. Cincinnati is going to smash Miami of Ohio. I mean, this team, they're they're a mid-major team in the top 10 to start the season. They need every set of style points you could possibly imagine, Mm -hmm. along with some luck and some teams to lose uh, and to win the couple of big games on their schedule. But... Uh, the Bearcats roll over Miami. Number 23, Louisiana Lafayette heads to Texas to take on the 21st-ranked Longhorns. Bavada has Texas minus eight. Sarkeesian's debut. The the ULL isn't exactly a, a rollover team, though. No, it's a top and, 25 team. Yeah, they're, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. We have to see. I mean, we don't know. I don't know who Texas's starter is. I'm sure they've been named at this point, mm. but we're so it's it's no longer obviously the Ellinger show down there. But Sark's an innovative offensive guy. If there if there was ever a time uh, to show that off, this is this is the game. But this also feels like it could be the game 
it could be that early game of the season where like the the, the you know it, like you said the, the ULL is ranked but mm. there's sort of that that lower level lower tier school that takes out and dashes the the hopes and dreams of a national title hopeful this of is number blood. 23 versus number 21 yeah but like this but, is this but, is not texas the vince young texas era but listen the public perception of texas is is not number 21 right That's fair. um so i i think this i think there's this very good chance that ull at minimum covers and potentially takes him out and then steve sarkeesian gets bought out almost immediately and they bring somebody else in a Hudson Card has been named the starting quarterback of the the uh, the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, ULL money line. I don't know who that guy is. So Hudson Card. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's let's learn a little bit more about Hudson Card here. He is a freshman. It looks like he's a redshirt freshman. So there's that. Played in two games last season. Was one for three for five yards. Well, we've learned a lot about Hudson Card. <laughs> I think we know enough. <laughs> Probably, yeah. ULL money line. Fresno State heads to number eleven, Oregon, to take on the Ducks. Bavada has Oregon minus twenty-one. I mean, Fresno State absolutely stomped UConn last week. Uh, the Ducks are going to be really good, though. They're uh, I think they're the favorite in the Pac-12. If they're not the favorite, they're two on the list. Um, I think Fresno State can hang with them a little bit, though. So I think I like them with the number, but I think Oregon still wins relatively comfortably, like two touchdowns. And the last game we're going to talk about here, definitely the biggest game of the weekend. And just uh, it's going to be a heartbreaker for whoever loses this because national championship hopes could be dashed week one. Number five, Georgia heads to Clemson to take on the number three ranked Clemson Tigers. Bavada has Clemson minus three. Honestly, I think if I think if Clemson loses, they still they they face the bigger uphill battle than Georgia. Georgia still has a schedule filled with the SEC teams and potential to make the SEC championship game. Like they That's have true. a resume that they can build off of. Clemson doesn't have that, right? No. The ACC is not the ACC of when Florida State was running the ACC. Like, this right. is this is a very different different scenario. So, I, I love Georgia in this game. I think that the loss of Trevor Lawrence is good as, um, and I can't. DJ Uyunglele. That's why you're here, buddy, to pronounce those names. Um, I wasn't even going to attempt it. I think, you know, he played very well in his one appearance last year when... when no, he did not. Well... For, for what it what it's he worth, was, they they, he was not good, and they lost. Well, they lost in overtime. Let's be yeah, fair. he wasn't good. And, well, it doesn't matter because Georgia's going to beat them. So I, I don't I don't know what you won for me. I don't think Clemson's going to be as good. I took them. I took on on betters delight last week under eleven and a half win total. I think that that's far too high for that team. I know they'll roll through a lot of the ACC just because the ACC is bad, but mm-hmm. uh, I just don't th- this. This is one of those down years after a guy who was a standout talent leaves that I don't know if they can recover from right away. Okay, like you went so from then... you went from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence essentially with yeah. uh, didn't wasn't there one guy in between there or am I, am uh, I... there I mean there must have been was there now I'm confused I don't know I'm going to apologize to Mr Uyunglele uh, I my perception of how he played in that that game against Notre Dame last year. Like you mentioned, they lost uh, 47-40 in double overtime. 
I thought he didn't play that well, but the stats don't back that up. Uh, 29 to 44 for 439, two scores, no interceptions. So, all right, fair enough. Why would why would that? I mean, all right, so I'll take that. Uh, but why why would it have? Who would list the Clemson starting quarterbacks and stop the list in 2012? What are we doing? <laughs> well, let's be, this is very easy. What this is well, this is going to be our last project before we get out of here. Deshaun Watson was in what draft? Deshaun Watson was in the, uh, the, the 2017. It was 2017, so it's actually even later than I thought. Yeah, it was the 2017. Won the national championship with Clemson in 2016. First round pick of the Texans in 2017. So, Trevor Lawrence. We would have had to gone right into him. Uh, let's see. Clemson Tigers football 2017. Kelly and Bryant. That, let's see. The sports reference, their quarterback that year was oh why would you have why would you have <laughs> the stats? For the love of God. I'll just look at the game lock. Was it Kelly Bryant? Uh their quarterback was Oh God. That's Kent State. That no wonder. I was like, oh boy. Clemson really didn't have the kind of quarterback play that I thought they did from that year when when crumb was there <laughs> uh more team info schedule and results roster uh, look if trevor lawrence was there he played so <laughs> let's just let's just see if trevor lawrence was there isaiah simmons was a freshman travis etn was a freshman trevor h i why would you just, just sort of... it had to be kelly bryant right uh, the all right the quarterbacks let's I'll sort by position Kelly Bryant was a junior. Yeah, 200. He was a starting quarterback. Yeah, so 262 for 389, 2,800 yards, 13 touchdowns. Also, the uh, Zarek Cooper and Hunter Johnson got Yeah, some, so there was a one-year gap. You went from Deshaun Watson, Kelly Bryant for one year, and then Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Clemson's due for a down one. Trev showed up in 2018, 259 for 397, 32, 80, and 30 touchdowns. And, and a natty. Uh, <laughs> I think that guy's got a future. We'll see. Good luck, we'll Urban. See. By the way, all right, absolute last thing I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so proud of Urban Meyer for the, the, the one thing that he said today, and that's that he addressed the fact that he absolutely took players' vaccination status into consideration when making cuts at the end of the roster. I mean, you have- like, wait, wait to say the thing we're all thinking. Well... If you don't think that played in, that didn't play into the Cam Newton thing too, like, why would you want a guy who could potentially get COVID easier in your quarterback room affecting your like your starter like that? I, I think that that's very obvious, and I'm not shocked that coaches would have or organizations in general didn't take that into account. I'm just happy you said it out loud. Yeah, well, fair's fair. All right, that's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong, and here's why. For Greg Crow and I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.